January 17th, 2023, we're in Masechet Besa Andaf Gimal Amud Aleph, three lines from the top, the second word on the line. Uh, the Gemara is still in the midst of uh, explaining and deliberating over those words in the Mishnah, Mahlok between Bechamai and Betilel, about Betsashinoldabiom Tov. Bechamai was permitting and Betilel were prohibiting. Those are the two opinions we've seen recorded in the Gemara. Three different approaches to this matter already. We'll encounter one more at the onset of the Gemara today. The first approach we saw was that of Rav Nachman. He suggested the Mishnah was talking about a Besa Ha'omed, excuse me, a Tarnegolet Ha'omedet Legatel Besim. The chicken is purpose to give birth to um, eggs. That's its expressed purpose. And as a result, any egg which is born on the holiday, on Shabbat by extension, would be considered Mukseh. That's the Mahloket between Bechamah and Betilil about whether we maintain on the holiday and by extension on Shabbat, there's a halakha called mukseh of this sort. Second approach we saw in the Gemara, that which we were really filling out yesterday, was the opinion of Rabbah. Rabbah, citing from the Pasuk in the Torah, uh, understood that there's this halakha, maybe even minha Torah, according to Rashi, called hachana. In order to eat something on the holiday, in order to eat something on Shabbat, it needed to be prepared even what we call Bideshamaim, even in the hands of heaven. It needed to be in existence, not that it came about on a weekday, but rather excuse me, on a, on a holiday, but rather came about on a weekday. The Pasuk says, it's specifying that something which is going to be eaten on Shabbat needed to be prepared beforehand even Bidei Shamaim on a weekday, and so too on Yom Tov as well, as Rashi said, Yom Tov is also called Shabbat. Beyond that, even though we're not only talking about holiday which falls on Sunday, it's all a Gezerah, said the Gemara, and as a result, because of this concept known as Hachana, where Oser any Beza, which is Noldabi Yom Tov. That was the second opinion in the Gemara, that of Rabbah. The third opinion we saw in the Gemara, the... It's a between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Beit Hillel would be the only ones who maintain this issue of Hachanah, according to Rabbah. Before it gave birth, you could eat it when you cut the Yes, the Gemara. It's already Hachanah from that time. It's Muchan, we assume, from the day before. Right, that's what Rabbah says. It's finished. The understanding of the Gemara of Rabbah is it's only nigmar, it's only finished and call it edible in the full extent, the day beforehand. So the hachana in its entirety takes place the day before it. it the eggs that you'll find inside are going to be not fully produced, not fully fertilized. A third opinion found in the Gemara was that of Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef said this is all a rabbinic enactment, a large gezera, kula hada gezera. He ultimately told us of gezera, gezera, more specifically, mishum noshrim. If fruits were to fall off a tree on the holiday, on Shabbat, it's prohibited to eat from them. The reason it's prohibited to eat from them was a gezera from the rabbis. They feared uh, that a person would then climb trees and start cutting them off. That's melechet koser. It's one of the 39 melachot. As a result, they said, even if the fruit falls off the tree on Shabbat, you're not allowed to eat from it. After Shabbat, you could eat from it. This, by extension, is part of that gezera 
an egg coming out of the uh, Tarnigolet is envisioned as well as a peri shenashar, as a free as a fruit which came which fell off, so to speak. Th- fourth and final opinion here in the Gemara is that of Rabbi Itzhak. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Itzhak Amar Gezera Mishu Mashkin Shezavu. Says Rabbi Itzhak, says the issue over here is what's called Mashkin Shezavu. Imagine the circumstance. You have a fresh pomegranate. You have a fresh orange. And whatever it is, you have it prepared and ready to eat from on the holiday, on Shabbat. And then you come to the bowl where you had uh, kept it, and you notice that it had uh, all these juices which oozed out of it. Are those juices which oozed out of it uh, permitted or prohibited? Now, we're not talking at the moment, we're talking about what the Gemara is going to present for us. Because it gets, as the Gemara will be clear to us uh, in a few lines, a little bit more complicated. But that's the circumstance right now. There's a fruit where the, the juice, that's what we call zavu, um, oozed out of it. Is the juice... Permitted now to make orange juice, to make orange juice by squeezing it on Shabbat on Yom Tov is fully prohibited. Why is that fully prohibited? It's what's called the toladav melechet dash. Disha means threshing, and by extension, sechita if you're squeezing a fruit, and there are different laws and, and, and specifics with regards to it. So you can, you can have them do it for you if they're making if they made it as a larger thing so that's a separate halakhat no different than they made coffee fresh coffee for the whole hotel in the morning and so forth but if they're making it specifically for you that's amiral nochrian and isum in haTorah would be prohibited but ultimately speaking that's the situation so the rabbis have an understanding from the Torah you can't actually squeeze that fruit over here the fruit wasn't squeezed but there's there's uh, juices which came out of it are those juices permitted or not the answer is it's not permitted it's a gezera the rabbis again have this rabbinic enactment if we allow for you to have the naturally drawn uh, uh, juices from this fruit they just oozed out they just flowed out you'll in turn come to squeeze it and as a result they prohibited it for consumption or for drinking on the that day. Oh, that being the case, says it'll be its hawk. I think we can extend this further. He says that we can extend that gezera to the betzah shinoldabi yom tov as well. Isn't it somewhat similar? I know it's not fruit juices per se. I know it's not juice at all. But ultimately speaking, you're dealing with a chicken which was omedet la'achila, just like the orange or the pomegranate was omedet la'achila. You were prepared to eat from it. And then ultimately speaking, you found something that oozed out of it. Says the Gemara, it's hakamar gezera mishum mashkin the juices you certainly don't, but he's uh, not right. In other words, the, the juices you don't. Uh, the Gemara will address the difference with regards to seeing in a moment. Uh, and I understand your counterclaim, though. I understand the counterclaim. Um, uh, there's, there's other claims to be made. Again, it's, we're dealing with Gezerot. We're trying to get into the mindset. Uh, not only us, it'll be it's hakim You can't squeeze a chicken. That's true as well. Um, but ultimately speaking, in the beats hak's eyes, it's 
too similar to, you can't cut, uh, I guess you could. I was going to say, you can't cut off an egg from a chicken. I guess you could cut the chicken and then uh, extract the eggs on the last opinion, that of Rav Yosef. But you're all correct. Listen, we're trying to get into the mindset of the rabbis and suggest, Rav Yosef and Rabbi Yitzhak are, um, that uh, they had this expansive vision, even though it's not going to be neatly and squared off exactly as the Gezerah initially was, but we're imagining and understanding that the Gezerah was a bit broader than we maybe understood. So Abaye has an identical question now to be Yitzhak, as we saw his question to Rav Yosef yesterday. And it goes like this. If the whole concept, the whole entity of not drinking from those fruit juices which came out on their own is because of Gezerah, it's an enactment of the rabbis to distance you from the melacha, from the Torah of Disha. But ultimately speaking, they built a gate and said, even when you didn't squeeze it, even when you didn't violate it, still prohibited. Are you telling me beyond that, we made another gate around that, what's called Gezerah Ligzerah? Are you suggesting that we make another gate and we say, we not only are nervous that you're going to squeeze, but we're nervous as well that you might drink from this, the items, which the, the juices which came out on their own. So therefore, even the chicken which laid an egg is prohibited. Uh, that's called the gezerah ligzerah. Very nervous about doing so. We don't find such matters in the words of the hachamim. That's what we talked about yesterday. We have gezerot. Ushmartem et mishmarti, the Torah says in Vaikra uh, We don't have beyond that that you make a mishmeret for the mishmeret of the mishmeret. You don't make a safeguard for the safeguard of the safeguard. The Torah tells you here's how you need to do things. Uh, the rabbis then safeguard that. Chalas, not more than that. Again, in the words of the Gemara, Amale Abaye, Abaye responding to Rbitz Hak says, Mashkin Shezavu, the case that you were referring to, the oozed. Um, uh, juices, uh, the uh, flow juices. Ta'amamai, what was the reasoning uh, for that uh, prohibition? That if you found the pomegranate or the orange and it had some fruit juice which came out of it, independent of anyone touching it, why is that Asur? Gezerah, it's all a gate, it's all an enactment of the rabbis to keep you away. Shemeh, because maybe you'll come to be sohet. Higufa gezerah. That means to say that mashkin shezavu independently is a gezerah. Ve'anan means an us. Nekum will get up and audaciously, inappropriately, the rabbis, v'nigzor gezerah ligzerah, will make a gate, a safeguard for a safeguard. It's inconceivable. I'll remind you what we discussed very briefly yesterday with Charlie. Charlie asked that each of these melachot, I'll now say it, each of these, both the melachav koser, as well as this melachav disha, ostensibly should be permitted on the holiday. What are we getting all nervous about? Our Mishnah, after all, is talking about on the holiday. The Torah tells us explicitly, Melech HaTochel Nefesh is permitted on, on, on the holiday. But we're talking about our Mishnah. Mishnah is B'Tashen Ol Dabi Yom Tov. So you would, you would argue this specifically and only for Shabbat. Apparently the Gemara is telling us we'll extend it even to the holiday. So as we mentioned, and I'll read it to you very briefly, Tosafot, uh, Jesse here, you'll, you'll see it with me in a second. Tosafot asks this question. Tosafot on the left-hand side. Um, uh, Tosafot on the left-hand side asked this question, and then two lines from the bottom, I mean the widest lines of Tosafot, two lines, um, uh, excuse me, two lines once they get wide. So again, you're going now to the bottom of the page where the widest lines in the words of Tosafot, and then two lines in, um, and just uh, three words onto that line, it says, Alkin. 
Therefore, do we follow Tosafot, the large, long one, two lines before the end, three words onto the line, Alken, therefore, Piresh Rabbeinu Netanel Mikinon, Di Yerushalmi Yesh, in Talmud Yerushalmi it says, quote, Acha Sheyeachel Lechol Nefesh, the Torah says, what's permitted on the holiday, that which can be eaten. Visamichle, and then adjacent to that pasuk of what you're allowed to do in order to produce food on the holiday, it says, Ushmartem masot, the Torah says, and you should safeguard the masot. Otam melachot shemishimur ve'elach hem mutarot. The items, the, the, the actions which a person would do with regards to bringing forth just looking over and making certain that the dough doesn't rise, that's what's permitted. Again, the Torah says you're allowed to consume, you're allowed to do anything for consumption on the holiday. But then the Torah says, and safeguard your masot. I mean, safeguard the masot. What does it mean to safeguard the masot? It means at what point are you focused on the masot not becoming bread? Explains Talmud Yerushalmi, and it says, "Dahainu milisha ve'elach." That's specifically from the step in the procedure of making bread from lisha, from kneading, k'n, uh, and onward, uh, which means to say any of the melachot that we derive from the Mishkan, which was part of what we call Sidura Depat, the baking of bread. And I include in that Koser, where they had to cut the wheat. I include in that as well Disha, the threshing. Well, those were stages before kneading dough. That's before you have flour. Those parts of the procedure are prohibited even on the holiday. The only parts of the procedure that are permitted are from Lisha, from the kneading of the bread and onward. Again, we're familiar with Bishul, with cooking. Cooking, of course, is afterwards. Once you kneaded the bread, K-N-E-A-D, uh, you in turn wanted to cook or bake the bread. But anything leading up to that is prohibited. That's what you have in Talmud Yerushalayim. you have the, the ingredients with you you're correct, but right now we're talking about the prototype, we're talking about the melacha. So in other words, in a different context, in our context, I'm not talking about making bread per se, I want to cut a fruit off the tree. Can I do that on the holiday? Well, let me think for a second. I'm allowed to do anything for food on the holiday. However, cutting was in which part of the stages of making bread? I don't want to make bread. That's right, but that's my prototype. It's making bread. Is it before or after kneading? If it's before kneading, it's prohibited on the holiday. You can't. You can take it off uh, you, if it's not connected to the ground. Oh, so then it's not that. That's not Malechet Kotzer. Kotzer is only when it's Yoneg, when it's still connected to the ground and receiving nutrients. That's right. That's right. So. Off a tree can't do that on Yom Tov or Shabbat. Right. That's Kotzer. That's right. That's right. That's right. Correct. Even off the tree, even threshing, even the sifting. Okay, says the Gemara. Uh, okay, bringing you back into the. Yes. Disha. Disha is threshing. That's long before, right? Anyway, so, so the, says the Gemara now for our purposes. We're in the midst of it. So we're going to have a quick settlement, quick answer over here. Again, Rabbi Yitzhak suggested the reason that according to Bet Hilel, Bet Hashinul Dabi Yom Tob, is because it's a Gezerah Mishum 
perot shed, excuse me, mirshum mashkin shezavu, because of the juices which ooze out of the fruits. Said Abayetem, wait a second, are you making a safeguard for a safeguard? Are you making what's called a gezera legzera inappropriate? Answers Rabbi Yitzhak or the Gemara for Rabbi Yitzhak as we saw it yesterday for Rabbi Yosef. Kula hada gezerahi, period. This was really all part of the initial enactment. It wasn't stages which would be inappropriate. Initially the rabbi said, don't drink from the juices which came out. And afterwards, by the way, not only do we not want you doing that, don't do this either, don't eat from the egg. That's not the way it worked. The way it worked was at the initial stage. The rabbis at some point were looking at the situation. They said, we're nervous. People are going to be too lenient in this idea of squeezing fruits on the holiday. Let's distance them altogether. How do we distance them? I can think of two situations. Number one, if the fruits just ooze the, the juices, prohibited. And as well, not that you first had that, and as well, if there's an egg which comes out of a chicken, I guess if you're a bit more creative, you say about that as well. It looks like mashkin shezavu is part of the same gezerah. There's no legal issue with the rabbis including that all in the Gezerah. Says the Gemara just very briefly, and not intense like we would have had it elsewhere in other Masechtot. Says the Gemara over here, let's understand each of these opinions, why they didn't agree with the other. Very briefly, with just a word or two this time, we introduce them all to class. We have Rav Nachman who says Mukseh. We have Rabbah who says Hachana. We have Rav Yosef who says Perosh Ashru, Gezerah. And we have Rabbi Yitzhak who says Mashkin Shezavu. Why do each of them not maintain like the other? Each of them has to have an explanation why I think my explanation is better than yours. I mean, it could be. I just think mine is just as good. When the Gemara presents different opinions, it assumes each one of the opinions believes that their opinion is the winning opinion better than the other. Says the Gemara, let's go through this very briefly. Each one of them thinks or, or, or we're suggesting has an advantage over perhaps all the other opinions. So the Gemara will question, why, don't, why, why didn't each of them just agree to the other? So, so, we'll, so we're going to suggest that each one of them uh, has a deficiency. Each one of these approaches has uh, Some of them we've seen already. For example, Rav Nachman, the Gemara will just allude to. Kulehu, the reason the, the latter three opinions don't go like Kirav Nachman la Amre, that their opinion is not that our Mishnah is dealing with Mukseh. Amre, la Amre, they didn't say like Rav Nachman, Kikushan. Uh, the reason they didn't is because of the question. Uh, our question. What was our question? Very briefly. Uh, we don't need to get into the technicalities again. The Gemara suggested that the wording in the Mishnah was not sharp enough if you were to maintain like Rav Nachman. According to Rav Nachman, that the whole issue of our Mishnah was Mukseh. The reason Beit Hillel is saying it's Asur is because of Mukseh. You should have not only mentioned Betzah, should have mentioned chicken as well. That Beit Hillel prohibit both and Beit might permit both. Okay, and that was a question we had. And that's why every the latter three opinions say, listen, Rav Nachman, beautiful approach. We'd uh, prefer our opinion. Why did they not say like Rabbah, the second opinion? Uh, they don't have this concept known as hachana. That's not to say, let's caution, Charlie asked me this yesterday in the class, that's not to say that you could therefore prepare without Eruv Tafshilin, for example, from Yom Tov to Shabbat. 
That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about hachana when it's not in the hands of a human being. We're talking about an egg which came about and wasn't there. It's what we call bidei shamayim. Does the item need to be in existence to that extent when the day began? From a weekday beforehand or even from a holy day beforehand. That's what we call hachana. Hachana. What's that? We, we suggest, is it a hen and not a chicken? Am I making a mistake all along? No, I don't know. I'm just wondering. That's, uh, I, I thought throughout. Tarnigolet, one's Tarnigolet, one's Tarnigolet, no? I don't know. We need, we need someone who actually knows animals. Um, I'm just an aspiring uh, animal zoologist. Anyway, um, so the, 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 um, the, the hachana we had over there went, went as follows. It was that we assume that the egg is finished inside the womb of the chicken or hen uh, the day beforehand. And when, all right, Rabbah felt that he did know it. Right? So anyway, try that. No, wait, on a fruit uh, per se. No, no, no. So what we tell, anyway, so, so, yeah, but a, a bit different. The fruit was not an Yisur of Hachana. The fruit was that there's a Gezerah. Maybe you're going to come and pick it. It was not an issue per se of Hachana on the fruit. Okay, but the issue was not the deliverance. The, the issue was the Hachana, specifically. The fact that you cut it open and was permitted was just because it's far-fetched. Anyway, said the Gemara then, the reason we didn't go like Rabbi is because they didn't maintain such a concept of Hachana. Ela, however, and this is your question, Jesse, Rav Yosef, my lo Why did these last two opinions disagree? They seem so similar. Rav Yosef maintains it's a Gezerah Mishum Perot Shenashru. It's a Gezerah of the fruit which fall off the tree. Rabbi Yitzhak said it's Mashkin Shezavu. What was the problem with each one? Says the Gemara, Amar lecha betza uchla, uperot uchla lav. Okay, mashkin te lav uchla. Rav Yosef would say, Rabbi Yitzhak, really? You think eggs are similar to drinks, to juices? They're not similar in that respect. They're similar to fruits. It's a food. An egg is a food, and a fruit is a food. That's why I compare it to peroche nashru, as opposed to mashkin shezavu. A technical difference. No, has for shalom. Ma pitom, we're just trying. No, no. No, we're only questioning what's the the reasoning for the gizera. Um, says the Gemara. Now, in terms of squeezing, again, separate class, separate conversation, the question is what's an Isur from the Torah, what's an Isur Midrabbanan? Specifically, the Isur from the Torah with regards to Sihitan Perot is on Perot Aumdin Lemashkim. It's specifically on fruits that we assume, and the rabbis gave us parameters, are made or, or are used for creating juices, as opposed to other ones which are only rabbinically uh, prohibited. Anyway, says the Gemara. Rabbi Yitzhak, that second opinion, or our fourth opinion, really, how come he didn't maintain like Rav Yosef? Rav Yosef has a great claim. Rav Yosef says, I'm dealing with food and food, eggs and fruits. You, you're dealing with eggs and drinks. They don't parallel each other. What was the problem with Rav Yosef's claim that we should parallel it and imagine it as similar to when the fruit falls off the tree? Amalecha betza, this was a point that someone made at the beginning of the class, maybe Jesse. Amalecha betza belu'a umashkin belu'in. There's a similarity between my case where it's an egg and the fruit, which has juices which came out of it, as opposed to la fuke perot de maglu ve 
or maybe this was uh, Jeffrey's point, right? And the difference between them is as follows, is, is on a fruit tree, the fruits are out there already. You're going to tell me that the fruit falling off is similar to the egg which comes out? The egg which came out was hidden. Well, maybe it's a little bit different than the fruit which falls off the tree, as opposed to when the juices ooze out. You couldn't see the juices beforehand, just like you can't see the egg inside of this chicken. What's the practical ramification of each of these opinions? Well, there are practical ramifications, but not with regards to which one's stronger than the other. Each one of these opinions, the Gemara is being clear for us, has a deficiency with regards to how they rationalize, how they square their opinion in interpreting our Mishnah. The Gemara has one last, and really it'll take us hopefully till the end of this class today, the class today, one last technical point, which of course will, as always, introduce new and interesting insights uh, with regards to this whole discussion that we've had until now. Question? No. Uh, so uh, we have one last uh, uh, issue with regards to this, and it has to do with just that last opinion. We said there's a Gezera Mishum. Mashkin Shezavu, the last opinion that of Rabbi Yitzchak. Says the Gemara, you should know, Ve'af, Rabbi Yohanan Savar, Gezerah Mishum Mashkin Shezavu. The Gemara exclaims, it's not clear who's really making this statement, the editor of the Gemara says, by the way, you should know, Rabbi Yohanan, he too, maintained like that last opinion of Yitzchak. It's not what we're adding a fifth opinion, it's that we're suggesting Rabbi Yohanan as well, his opinion was such that the reasoning for our Mishnah, why do Beit Hillel say Beit Sashinol da Biyom Tobiz Asur Le'echol? The reason is Mishum Mashkin Shezavu. Oh, that's Rabbi Yohanan's opinion? How do you know? So that's a little bit complicated, but the bottom line of what we're about to read, a whole long passage now in the Gemara is that we can prove that Rabbi Yohanan's mindset is that when he read our Mishnah, he says, Beti Leil say, you're not allowed to have the egg which was born. Why not? Rabbi Yohanan would explain it. It's because of Mashkin Shezavu. So that's going to be the bottom line. How do we get to that bottom line? It goes like this. Dir Biyohanan Rameh Dir Adir Umeshane. Here's the heading. Rabbi Yohanan, who's one of the great scholars and rabbis of Eretz Yisrael, he asked a contradiction. Rameh literally means to place. Uh, in Aramaic, when you have an aleph appended to the word, it means al, on. He placed Rabbi Yehuda on Rabbi Yehuda. That's a way of asking a contradiction. You say, uh, Rabbi, you said A yesterday, and today you're saying negative A. I'm placing one of your opinions on top of the other, and I'm saying, I don't know how to square these two. That's what Rabbi Yohanan umeshaneh, and he ultimately speaking, gave an explanation. He taught, he answered it. Right, so what are we talking about? Whatever we're about to talk about, again, bottom line will be, oh, you see, Rabbi Yohanan's opinion is that the, the reason is because of mashkin shezavu, tenan. On the one hand, the Mishnah Masechet Shabbat teaches and, and has the following. En sohatin etaperot mehen mashkin, period. First statement in the Mishnah Masechet Shabbat is, it's prohibited to squeeze fruits in order to bring forth juices from them. Again, tolada of disha, whether min de rabbanan or min de oraita, depending on which fruits you're dealing with. Vim asman. However, if the juices came out on their own, well, this is very relevant to what we're talking about. Asurin, they're prohibited. Well, we call that a gezera. So far, no surprises from this Mishnah. Rabbi Omer. Rabbi Yudah, however, has, has some addition, some qualification. Okay, 
Okay, so that's the end of the Mishnah. Let's just explain what Rabbi Uda says, who of course is going to be our most important opinion here in this contradiction that we're about to set up. Rabbi Uda says, here's how it goes. If the fruit, when you looked at it, let's make an orange for our purposes. When you look at that orange, what was your intent on that orange? Some people uh, like freshly squeezed orange juice and they'll do it in their home. I bought the oranges in order to make orange juice. In that situation, I don't know, I guess you... Unpeel, I uh, can't be an orange. Oranges don't ooze on their own, do they? Yeah, uh, well, sometimes they do. Thank you, Jared. So you have the orange. You peeled the orange. I'll take it. That's, that's all I need. You left it out. That's very hot, I guess. You left it out. And your intent, your wife, you, your child, whatever, was to squeeze it the next day. To squeeze it. That's the purpose of this art. But Shabbat, it's Yom Tov. We can't squeeze on Shabbat to Yom Tov. And then it oozes out. In that situation, says Rabbi Oda, Asur. Why is it Asur? Gezerah. If you see now it oozed out, it's only a small step away from that that you'll come to squeeze it. Good. What if it was peeled and I was intending to eat it. I love eating oranges. I peeled it in advance. I don't want that uh, orange stuff in my fingernails. Peeled it in advance, and now I come. I say, ah, I don't know. I didn't really want these juices. But Bajanin, all right, we'll have juices instead. I really wanted to eat from it. Says Muta. Why is it Muta in that situation? Because it wasn't my intent. I'm not going to say, wow, how great. That's what I wanted anyway. I must be able to. I wasn't my intent. So Biuda then has a distinction. He says, if the purpose of the peri in your mind was to eat from it, permitted to have mashkin shezavu me'elehen, me'atzman, on their own, as opposed to if your purpose was to drink from it, to squeeze it, then it would be prohibited. Okay, says the Gemara Alma, it's clear. This is the Biohanan. Well, uh, hang, with, hang with it a second, because we're not on Muxe over here. We're, on Muxe, we're not on Muxe. We're on a Gezera, more specifically. But not, not as, I, I understand why you're likening it, but give it a second. Um, it's, it's a great point, because um, I, I will remind you, Jesse, I think this is what you're touching on. Um, it, this is, Jesse says this brings us back to a conversation which we had earlier, and we were kind of assuming. We fell off that conversation. We assumed until now, what was the purpose of this chicken? What was the purpose of the chicken in order to bring forth eggs, or the purpose of chicken in order to eat from it. We addressed it initially in the context of mukseh. At the rest of the Gemara, we were assuming that your purpose is to eat from that chicken. That's very significant. The purpose is to eat from the chicken. If your purpose was to eat from the eggs, so then we have mukseh. So clearly, according to those latter three opinions, we're talking about So keep that in mind. Alma, it's clear then, Whenever I'm dealing with an item which is purposed for consumption to eat from, we saw those words on which means to say anything that comes out of it. When you're dealing with a chicken, what comes out of it? Are the eggs. When you're dealing with the fruit, what comes out of it? The juice. It's all an extension of the item itself. It's considered food. It's not considered a drink. It's not considered something separate as an egg. It's considered the chicken. So that was his initial statement. If you see it, if you can't see it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't make a distinction. Anytime I'm dealing with food according to the Bihuda, anything that's extracted from it is considered uchladi ifrat. Right, that's the first statement. So that's our bottom line in that first statement of Rabiuda. Now says Rabbi Yohanan Uriminhu, and now I'm going to ask that contradiction. Quote a Mishnah now from Masechet Eruvin. The context not so significant for us, but you do need a little background. Uh, the little background goes like this. The Mishnah, the Gemara later on in Masech Betzan, the Daf Lamidhe Lamidvav zone, will tell us that you're not allowed to, rabbinically speaking at the very least, you're not allowed to take Tirumot and Ma'asrot 
on the holiday. Terumot and Ma'asrot are specifics we've talked about, and we will talk about the specifics then, but are specific tithes and donations that you need to take from crops and growths in your field. Not allowed to take that on Yom Tov. Okay. That being the case, however, here's your situation. It's Rosh Hashanah. And there's a two-day Rosh Hashanah. And according to the Bihuda, we're going to understand in just a moment, the reason for two days of Rosh Hashanah, we'll really discuss this on Dafdalit, is either what we call Kedushah Ahad, it's all contrary to the holidays where um, in Israel you'll only have a one-day holiday, whereas in America you have two days. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, even in Israel you have two days. What's the purpose for that? Strangely, Rabbi Huda, I say strangely now, maintains that it's just like the holidays. Each one of those days is a safik. Yes, it might exist even in Israel. However, each one of those days is a safik. Okay, that being the case, here's Rosh Hashanah. It's first day of Rosh Hashanah, second day of Rosh Hashanah. And you know something? We really want to eat from those apples, but Dad forgot to take the maaser and tenumah from it. Well, you can't take it on the holiday. So here's what I'm going to do. Well, I walk into the storehouse, and I take a basket of fruits, and I put it on the side. And I say about this basket, if today is the holiday, and tomorrow is the weekday, so then what I'm about to do right now, it's insignificant. I'm just taking a basket and putting it on the side. However, if today is the weekday, and tomorrow is the real holiday, so this basket that I'm putting on the side, that's my terumot and ma'asrot. And then I do the same thing the next day. If yesterday was a holiday, so right now this basket is my terumot and ma'asrot, because today's a weekday. If yesterday was a weekday, I already took my terumot and ma'asrot. I have a safek situation, so I make a conditional action. And in turn, says Rabbi Huda, by making a conditional action day, one and day two. Again, day one may have been whole, may have been weekday, in which case, I'm extracting, I'm taking it, I'm permitting the rest of the food. Or if it was a holiday, I'm doing it on the second day. At the very least, on the second day, I should be able to eat from the rest of the fruits and vegetables. Why am I allowed to? Because either way you slice it, ultimately speaking, one of these two days was whole, was a weekday, and ultimately speaking, on the second day, I arrived at one of those two days being a weekday, and I did an action of these are the words you can make a condition on a basket of fruits what you can do is you can make that condition on day one and day two and then eat from that on day two Okay, here's the critical part and so too if there's an egg which is born on the first day of Rosh Hashanah it can be eaten on the second day of the holiday. Basheni in barishon lo. Says the Gemara, says, says, uh, says Rabbi Ohanan, let me read your words again, Rabbi Yehuda. The first part are insignificant. We mentioned it because it was in context. The second part is the most important part. If an egg was born on the first day of the holiday, of Rosh Hashanah, you can eat it on the second day. Let's pause for a second to figure out why. On the first day, you can't eat from it. Why not? It may be holiday, and I don't have an either way you slice it, it's permitted, right? I've somehow, I, the second day of the holiday, well, now I've already passed. Either the first day was holiday, and second. So what I'm dealing with in this situation is for some reason I'm assuming that the egg which comes out on a holiday would be prohibited, right? The way I'm permitting it on the second day is either today is not holiday and it's permitted or yesterday was not holiday and it was permitted even yesterday. 
wait a second, Rabbi Huda, didn't you just tell me that anytime something is purposed for eating from, something that came from it is permitted? You told me in the fruits, if the juices came out of it, if my mindset was to eat from the fruit, the item that came out of it is permitted. So then how come even on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, when the egg comes out of the ch- chicken, it's not permitted? We should consider it, ifrat. I should say the purpose of this chicken was to be eating from it, to be eating from it, anything that comes out of it, whether it's juices in the fruits or it's an egg in the in the chicken should be permitted for consumption. That's the contradiction Rabbi Yohanan asked. That's the Uraminu. He has a contradiction. On the one hand, Rabbi Uda, you are implying to me that you that you consider a, a piece of food as something which is food, and even that something that comes extracted from it was was to be consumed and therefore permitted. On the other hand, you told me it's not so. On the other hand, you told me I can't eat the egg on the first day of the holiday. Why not? Clearly, it's not Uchladi Ifrat. In such a circumstance, says Umishaner Biohanan, and Biohanan ultimately speaking said, his answer was Muhlefit Hashita. He flips the first two opinions in that Mishnah Masechet Shabbat, in which case Rabbi Huda now is not the permitting opinion, he's the stringent opinion. However, not to keep lying for us, says the Gemara, period. Says the Gemara, the fact that, and this is where we concluded, that Rabbi Yohanan considered these two statements to be similar one to the other, that he places one on top of the other. He takes them and he places one on top of the other. Clearly he assumes that they're the same thing. One second, they're the same thing. What are the two cases again? One is fruits which ooze drinks out of them, and the other one is an egg which came out of a chicken. That's got nothing to do one with the other. One's a chicken and an egg, and the other one is a fruit and juices. Why are they similar one to the other? It must be because the whole reason that a chicken which is birthed from a, from an egg which is birthed from a chicken is for prohibited specifically and only because we liken it to mashkin shezavu, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yitzhak piecing it all together, skipping all the details. This last segment, half of the Amud in the Gemara over here told us that Rabbi Yohanan, if we read carefully, was comparing Mashkin Shezavu to Beitzah Shenoda Biyom Tob. Clearly, says, says, Rabbi Yohanan, says, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yohanan's opinion was in line with that of Rabbi Yitzhak, which means aligning our opinions then. We have Rav Nachman, we have Rabbah, we have Rav Yosef, and last we have Rabbi Yitzhak slash Rabbi Yohanan both of whom maintain the reason according to Beti Lelis Asur is Mishum Gezerah of Mashkin Shezavu Baruch Adonai Amen Amen